Driving can be a very, very dangerous thing. Sometimes it could be late at night and you can have trouble seeing. And the worst part is, you could get into a car wreck. Or worse, a bus wreck. Vroom vroom. <laughs> you guys thought I was going serious there, huh? <laughs> Welcome back to Tales of Groom, everyone. This is your host, Tyler. And I'm Tori. <laughs> what the heck was that? You know... Improv. No? Weak. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Way to shoot me down like that. I mean, hey, you shot me down in the last episode. What? what? How did I shoot you down last week? Multiple times. What did I do? Multiple. Mm? Did you listen to the episode? Maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> See, that's how you tear me down. <laughs> 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 we like to have fun here at Tales of Grimm, and by that I mean Tori and Tyler's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> a whole studio with a full kitchen, bathroom, and bedroom. <laughs> we live and breathe this podcast. <laughs> Every day. We just don't leave the set, really. Literally. Also because of COVID. <laughs> So, for those of you that didn't understand what Tyler was saying, this new episode is going to be based on another supermassive game and a Dark Pictures anthology, Little Hope. Which is how I felt when I was playing this game. That I you had, had Little, Little Hope? Hope? Yep. Because I was pretty sure everyone was going to die. Also, spoilers. Just in case. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, go back and listen to it. We talk about Supermass's first game, Until Dawn. We're skipping Man of Medan. I enjoy that one, but we recently played Little Hope, and I want to talk more about that. Yeah, we might do Man of Medan a little later. Yeah. Although I am pretty excited for the, the final game in the trilogy, even though I hope there's going to be more. So Supermass, if you're listening, make some more. <laughs> but the next one is going to be called um, House of Ashes. It looks cool. We don't know much about it, but I think that's one of the awesome things about these supermassive games is that at the end of Man of Medan, we found like this little token that gave us a hint towards Little Hope. And at the end of Little Hope, you can find another little token thing that shows you what the next game is going to be, which is going to be House of Ashes. What were the tokens for Man of Medan? Because I know in Until Dawn, it was the little totems. Oh, yeah. Until Dawn was the totems. Man and Medan was the portraits. Portraits. And, and then, then this one is the little... Um, postcards. Postcards. Yeah. But it's cool, because when you find, like, these items, you get a little premonition showing you what's going to happen, and we get or a little glimpse... Happen. Or what could happen. Because butterfly effect. <laughs> and you get to see, like, kind of a little three-second clip of a scene in the next game, and you just see this girl in, like, military attire hanging from a cliff on, like, a rope, and then she falls. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, at the end of the game, if you beat it and unlock a certain amount of secrets, you get to see the actual trailer for House of Ashes, which looks awesome. Has something to do with, like, demons and monsters in the cave and the military. I was about to say, the military is definitely involved in there, because there's a, there's a chopper. Yeah, and in the trailer, you see this weird demonic statue, and it reminds me of, I, I think it's called Pazuzu from The Exorcist, <laughs> but, like, the demon from The Exorcist has, like, a statue that looks very similar to the statue that you see in the trailer. Where it could be. 
It could revolve around like a demon's curse in in the desert or something. Well, just by the trailer, you hear weird monstrous sounds, so it kind of reminded me of the movie The Descent. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it, but I've never seen it. It was a good one. It's pretty violent, too, but it's about this group of girls that go like cave climbing, <laughs> dwelling, cave diving, I play, cave say. diving. Yeah, whatever, whatever the proper term is. Sorry, guys, <laughs> I don't do this in my professional day to day life. But yeah, so they go into this cave and there's like all these weird albino bat looking human monsters. Creepy. Yeah. They can't fly or anything, but they're like, you Really know, fast, can see in the dark. Yeah, they're adapted to living in the dark and having no sunlight. So it's crazy. Carnivorous. Yeah. Then there's a bunch of them. And that's what this game seems like. Yeah, it might be that. I look forward to uh, when it comes out, I believe, next year. Yeah, 2021. Nice. Yeah. Pretty awesome. But what else is awesome? Little Hope. Exactly. Will Poulter was fantastic in that game. I agree. Each character, or I should say each actor, plays about two or three characters. You come to find out that Will Poulter's character is the main character. He did do a fantastic job of playing each character. Yeah, there's like different timelines for each person. There's like... The 1700s where you have the main five cast of people, and it's them in the 1700s. And then you have them also in the 70s where they die. Is it the 1700s or the 1600s? Oh, uh, I think it was... It's the Salem Witch era, which I believe is the 1600s. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, it was probably the 1600s. It's super cool because then you also get to play them in the modern day. And as they're going through the town of Little Hope, you get to see these weird demonic things coming after them, which are actually the versions of themselves from the 70s that were killed. And then you also get these weird visions where you go back into the 1600s. Keep saying 1700s. And <laughs> it's close enough to the 1700s. It's, you know, it's off by like one century. And, uh. <laughs> More like a few years. <laughs> And you get pulled into the 1600s where they get to see the five of them living the life during these witch trials. And it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. There's all this time travel jumping. It's, wow. It's a lot. Yeah, and you're also trying to figure out through all the whole thing. Because all of these characters look so similar. And you find out why in the end, but you're trying to figure out everything Like, what connects all of them. Yeah. One of the coolest features in the game was, in my first playthrough, one of the characters in the opening in the 70s, you have the option of having her either going back into the house, because this house is on fire, and she's, like, on this balcony, or you can have her jump down, like, this, like, sewage drain and try to climb down. And in the first playthrough, she goes into the house, and she gets set on fire and dies. And her spirit that haunts the present-day version is... Like, this weird burn victim, kind of. But then, if in the second playthrough, the same character, she tried climbing down the drain pipe, and she accidentally hangs herself. And the monster hunting her in the present day is, like, a hanged version of herself. Which is awesome. So, basically, in the Witch Trials era, that character, if you choose for her going into the house... Her witch trials version gets burned at the stake versus if you have her climbing down the drain pipe, she gets hung instead. 
Yeah, she actually I thought like, was really cool. Yeah, because like all their deaths kind of echo. Although, each other. which do you, which do you think is creepier, the burn victim or the the hanging girl? The hanging one, because the hanging one shot her tongue out like Toad from X Men. That was so creepy. Yeah, that is. I don't know how. Gross. It's yeah. like her tongue was just like stretching all the way around her neck, trying to like pull her in at one point, and she like bites the tongue, trying to get away from this weird demonic version of herself. I would have to say the burn victim for me, though. Why is that? Because she's carrying around this huge, like, piece of lumber that she was tied to. and Burned just, at the stake? <laughs> yeah, she's carrying around the stake that she was burned at. Yeah. And her face and her whole body is, like, charred, and I think that's a little bit creepier. Yeah, and then whenever she grabs Taylor in the present day, she burns, burns her. Yeah. Where in the hanging one, she's constantly trying to suffocate her with her tongue. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually kind of curious, because if Taylor does die by the burn victim, how would she die exactly? Well, I want to say it was her just grabbing her and burning her. It was something like that. It was slightly yeah. different. Because for the hanging girl, she obviously... Hangs Taylor by her tongue. Instead of the noose that's around her neck, but whatever. Details. Super creepy. Yeah, oh, that's, no, that's creepier. The girl, the version that was hung, because she's, like, gently floating off the ground and her toes are scraping the ground. Yeah. That's, that's terrifying. Meh. I still say the burn victim. Oh, well, I do do. <laughs> Trying to burn me with that joke? I mean, I thought that I was on fire. Oh... Dang. I think this podcast is heating up. It's lit. <laughs> I don't know why I always repeat the fire puns, but, like, they're so funny to me. I don't know why. I don't know either. I don't know why you think puns are funny. Puns are the highest form of comedy. I've established this already. <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> I've tried. Your friends have tried. Never works. I want to enter a national pun competition. <laughs> I think I could win it. Sure. I'm a pun sure. guy. Oh my god, I'm just rolling my eyes at you right now. It is what it is, man. <laughs> Do you want to get back to the actual game? You know, as much as I would really love to have a whole podcast episode on puns and me making pun-related jokes, I could still do that within talking about Little Hope. So let's continue this episode. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so staying away from the puns. Never. <laughs> When I was researching this, something I actually found really interesting and really cool is that Supermassive Games slash Dark Pictures Anthology puts in a song called A Conversation with Death in each and every one of their games. It may be like a different variation. Like a different tempo. Well, I know for Until Dawn, it was a female singing it. But for Little Hope, I want to say it was like a deeper male voice. Which I, I was listening to it, and I actually like the song. I don't... It's kind of morbid, but... It is very morbid. I don't think I remember it being an Until Dawn. I remember there being a similar sounding song, but I don't know if it was the exact same song. It's the same song. Oh, it is? Same song. Mm. Good job on research mode. <laughs> Somebody has to do their research. I know. I haven't done a research episode on like a ghost or a monster in a while. <laughs> Next week. Yeah. Next week. Thanksgiving special. <laughs> Here's a little turkey and mashed potatoes and a researched episode just for the fans. 
One thing that I did actually find interesting, because Ty and I actually played this the second way through, just switching who played, but it was like a one player. While in the first playthrough, Ty was actually playing with his brother. So there were scenes that Ty was getting that his brother wasn't and vice versa. Yeah, because my brother lives in the Bay Area. <laughs> Good thing you can connect with friends online. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was really cool because we were playing as separate characters and there were times where we were in the same scene together and we were both having choices to make. But other times where I was playing as a set of two characters and he was playing as a different set of two characters. And then as the story progresses, we just constantly swap into different personas. Or even in the uh, museum scene with, I believe it was Daniel and Taylor. Um, at one point, Taylor gets pulled into the room and she sees trial doppelganger getting arrested. But when we were playing through, we didn't see that because we were playing as Daniel. Yeah. I'm very upset with myself that I accidentally shot Angela. I know. I said that afterwards. I thought you still had a choice to shoot uh, or Yeah, not. normally in the shooting ones. I'm like, ones, oh, wait, what about Angela? And you're like, oh, dang it. Yeah, because normally when you can shoot, there's like an option where it's like you get to line up the crosshair with like the target. And when you said that, I was like, oh, then I'm not going to shoot because, yeah, that's Angela not thinking about my first playthrough. I didn't get that option. And then Will Poulter shot Angela in the throat on accident. Thinking that she was one of the monsters. Yeah. At that point, Angela actually gets separated from the other four, and everyone basically presumes that she's dead already. Yeah. It's such a bummer. What do you think was the creepiest moment? Can I just say all of the jump scares? There are so many jump scares. That little uh, Megan slash Mary does. (laughs) Just this little girl that... Oh my god. Yeah, like you'd reach down and grab something in the game and all of a sudden little demonic prairie hands grabbing you and you're being sucked into the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty creepy. Uh, I think the monster designs, like John, the character John, his monster oh. was the creepiest by far because his death was that he was crushed. So his demonic form that's like hunting him is this weird contortionist version of himself that's like his body's creaking in the wrong places, and he's all jagged and crawling on the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah. That thing is horrifying. I think that's the scariest of, like, all the monsters. Not Daniel's. Daniel's the one that has all of the spikes through him, because that's yeah. how he dies. Yeah, he gets impaled on the spikes from being pushed off. But, like, no, I, I think that's nothing compared to John's. John's is so... Ugh. Do you think Daniel's is the creepiest? Yeah, Either his or Angela's, because Angela's is literally tied up with all of these, like, thick chains, because her death was that she was drowned, and she's just crawling, and how she catches you is, like, throwing the metal chain around you and pulling you. Yeah, and it's all telekinetic, too. Like, you just see the chains floating in the air and they just fly at you. It's just so creepy. Yeah. That is one thing that Supermassive Games does do really well, is all of their monsters are super creepy. It's true. Although, the one thing that I'm kind of disappointed in, maybe I could have found out more on, like, some of the extras, was the monster with Megan in the opening scene. 
Because yeah. in the opening scene, the house gets set on fire, and she's, like, next to this weird monster thing, and you see these drawings of her with the monster. But yeah. I, I don't know. It never really comes out what it is that I know of. Maybe I missed something. I don't think so. I think it's just supposed to be a demonic or, like, devil type of figure because it's wearing all black. And you can see, like, long, skinny arms and long fingernails. It looks like Nosferatu. That's what I was thinking, yeah. In the painting, it looks like Nosferatu. But in the beginning, you only see, like, the waist down mm-hmm. of the monster. And its hand. So that's super creepy. One thing that I did kind of want to dip in on a little bit more in the story was we kept seeing these plaques for an author that died, like, previously before like the 70s i want to say yeah it was some character named tilly or something like that yeah with that one it said the author was in the 1800s so it's showing that i I don't want to give too much away but how there's like other versions of themselves probably like almost like a reincarnation type a little bit yeah because if you notice all these names that you found they started with the same letter as like the character name so you and the main five were Angela, John, Andrew... Daniel and Taylor. Daniel and Taylor, thank you. And then all the versions of themselves in the 70s and the 1600s, they all had a name that started with that same letter. Yeah, so like Angela is Amy, Taylor is Tabitha, and so on and so forth. And then Taylor was also Tanya in the 70s. There's a lot of stuff that goes in this game. I I really don't want to give away the ending, but like it's it's good. A lot of the reviews were, were horrible for it. That's shocking. Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, They thought it was too predictable, which I guess I could see to an extent. Yeah. Yeah, because it does deal with the Salem Witch Trials, and even I was saying, like, it could go two ways in the Salem Witch Trials of, oh, the little girl is the one responsible, or it could be that it's this other character that's responsible for it more. Or maybe all of them were actually witches. No, because... I know, I was just throwing out yeah. as an option. You know why. <gasps> My god. I'd play it again, though. It was fun. Oh yeah, this is definitely a game you can play multiple times and get different versions of everything. Yeah, and that's what... I enjoy those choice-based games. There needs to be more of them. So I'm excited about the Harry Potter game coming out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The full choice one. All your actions have consequences. And it's Harry Potter gonna be amazing i'm gonna do some magical stuff be a slytherin bad pure blood slytherin you know if i have the option of becoming like the dark lord or like an evil wizard in the harry potter game i'm 100 percent gonna take it i love how we're both like in our hogwarts colors though oh yeah i am wearing green right now and i'm wearing my yellow i mean well you're actually wearing a harry potter shirt i am not yeah hufflepuff all the way (laughs) boo boo hufflepuff why? Boom. We're the sweetest house. You're just background noise. We have some very good characters. Name one look. other famous Hufflepuff besides Cedric Diggory. And even then, the only Hufflepuff they made note of died. Moaning Myrtle? Was she a Hufflepuff? I want to say. Because mm. I think when Harry goes back and sees... Like, her death, you see, like, the two, like, badger pillars. So Um, I want to say that she might be. Maybe. Yeah. I know that there are a lot of... Oh! 
Nymphadora Tonks. Duh. Oh, fine. But you don't see her wearing the robes because she's a graduate. So, But she's still Hufflepuff. She doesn't count, though, because she's an adult at that point. She's not in the robes roaming around with Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Well, then you can't count Draco's father or Voldemort himself or even count McGonagall as Gryffindor. Mm. Like, you can't count any of the adults then. You can only count the actual students. I got Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle. Who do you have? Besides Cedric Diggory and he dies. <laughs> I bet there's... Was there... Luna Ravenclaw? Yeah. She should have been in Hufflepuff. Nope. She's a sweet little girl. She belongs in Hufflepuff. Nope. <laughs> I know that there are more, more characters to mention for Hufflepuff, but we're also getting off the subject. Let's go back to Little Hope. 100%. Travel from wizards to uh, witches. I hoped that was the case. Oh, God. <laughs> Magical spooky. Magical spooky. <laughs> One thing I really did appreciate about this game is that it did stick to a lot of lore about witch trials, whether it's from England being burned at the stake or Giles Corey from the Salem Witch Trials that gets crushed by rocks. The only one to be to do that, by the way. But that aspect is in there. And the whole theory of, oh, we're going to tie you up and throw you in the water and if you drown, then you're innocent, but you still die. And if you live, then you're a witch and we're going to kill you. Where's the logic in that? If you drown, you are human and oops, my bad. I don't know. But if you survive, you're a witch? It's, That's yeah. stupid. It is so stupid, but that was the logic back then. Wow. For some ungodly reason. I mean... In the Salem Witch Trials, they really did trust a little girl. A couple little girls, actually, who could have very well been faking. But in the their actual stuff. Salem Witch Trials? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Abigail know that. Williams. Well, shoot. Yeah. She and her little uh, posse of little kids basically saying, like, oh, um, this person put a spell on me or that person. And one of the big things, I don't, especially in the Crucible is that Abigail Williams really wanted John Proctor to be hers, which is why she goes after John Proctor's wife. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's she's a manipulative little girl. That's creepy. That's what's so scary about Little Hope was the little girl, Mary slash Megan. And that is one of the things that I also did love about this is even at the end, you don't know whether the little girl is innocent or if another character has been manipulating her. Because throughout all the deaths, you do see her smirking almost. But it's very slight. Yeah. But then there are also some scenes with this one character and the little girl where it shows that he's manipulating her at least to some extent. Yeah, and the reason we're not talking about the other characters is because we, we want you guys to play it and we don't want to spoil too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, unnamed character. Yeah, but I really did like, because you do get a choice in the end of whether to blame the little girl and, like, save her, or to blame this other person. And in the first run-through that you guys did, you blame the little girl, and then the whole courtroom goes up in fire. Yeah. But in the last playthrough that we did, we blamed the other person, and 
it turned out better and you actually saved the, the little girl. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. I honestly love the butterfly effect games. Choice-driven games is where they need to go for now on. They're so much fun and they're... Ugh. Like Mass Effect. Mass Effect is another choice-driven game where it's just incredible. Focus on the choice. Let Give power to the players. It's amazing. On that note, I think it's time to wrap up this little special episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And we hope that you guys will play it. Just a little. A little hope. Follow us on Instagram and all your other social media needs and tell your friends and family. And thank you guys so much for listening. As always, this is your host, Tyler. And I'm Tori. And we will see you guys next time. See ya.